Welcome to the Halftime Chat with me, Sivan Gacy, in the change room made just for you by Bright Rock. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend and former Springbok captain, John de Villiers. He's a record holder, father, leader, and as you'll find out, he thinks he's a comedian. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed this conversation because John is a hard man to pin down with his busy schedule, despite hanging up his rugby boots. I'm excited to have spoken to him about change in his life and how he has navigated change on and off the rugby field. Mr. Jean de Villiers, I just want to say I'll never repeat this. There will never be evidence about what I'm about to say. And if you repeat it when we speak again, I'll definitely deny it. One of my favorite rugby humans ever. One of the sharpest men I know and a great traveling partner. 109 test caps, 37 caps as bar captain, 27 tries, mostly from intercepts, I'm sure. I asked him when I was in Nigeria with him, is if you scored 27 tries with intercepts, how many tries did you let through? 20, uh, 2007 World Cup winner, played three World Cups. Hey, you like showing off. One try nations, now called the rugby, uh, the rugby championships. How are you doing, my friend? I call you a friend because you are a friend. Yes, sir, we won uh, two tri-nations, so just got that. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. They, and, they, they couldn't, afford, they couldn't me, afford Dan Nichols. Just sorry. give me time to uh, to stop my voice recorder on my phone so I've got <laughs> evidence for that. It's lovely being it's lovely being on the show, and um, thanks for those kind words. You, you really are a kind individual. Listen, before we even actually begin, when I think of you... Have I, we not started yet? No, we haven't. Okay. Before, I think of you, I think of the man who's had the most setbacks ever in world rugby, but he was so stubborn and he refused to let it knock him down, and he made sure that he came back harder and even better. What is your secret to fighting change and setbacks? That's a great question. It is a great question. You like saying that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You like... You like giving yourself compliments, so I will compliment you for doing that. Um, but Siv, it is a it is a good question because you know I was I was lucky to have a um, a career of seventeen years as a professional rugby player, um, and a lot of time you know people look at that and think yes that that guy's so lucky to to be able to do that. Um, you know it's it's such a great lifestyle, and they only see the positives. But you know through through that, and I, and I suppose through anything in life, there's there's adversity as well. And and in my case, the adversity um, or the adversity came in the shape of injuries, and and I do believe that it's your attitude in times of adversity that will determine whether you are successful or not. So, um, you know, for me, uh, being able to play for South Africa for almost 14 years uh, was just a, an unbelievable experience and privilege, and and the the injuries that came with it are to this day I still believe it made me a better person. You know, so you learn through those experiences, you learn through the losses, and um, um, and again, I don't think I don't think I'd be able to play so many times for South Africa if it wasn't actually for the injuries that I had. So my timing was a bit bad with the injuries. Uh, usually occurred during World Cups. Um, and opening game against and, Scotland and uh, against France. Yes, France, my, my France. first game against uh, France. But but then again, I look back. <clears throat> I look back on my career and and. I can only be happy, and, and if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have done it exactly the same way. So your first game was against France, where you got injured. That that opening game. Yeah, yeah, not not opening game. My first Test match for, for South Africa. Is, is so in two thousand and two against France in Marseille, and and again, you know, like you dream about that your whole life, and then you get the opportunity, and seven minutes into the game, I, you know, my first basic 
play that I was involved in the game, uh, I got injured. Um, so that's how my career started. And that's how it ended as well. So is that why you're so sharp? Or you're so good with timing? Because your timing was bad when you were on the field. But now off the field, your comedic timing is immaculate. It, it is amazing. Yes. Mm. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Just I love this. take that in for I love this guy so much. <laughs> All right. So... You, you played rugby. What is different? I did. Well done. Yeah, Your research I, I was, is impeccable. I was going to go to the next, yeah. the, the next moment of it. So what changed the most in you coming back from all these injuries? What do you think you learned the most? What changed the most was basically my whole body changed. Um, but yeah, what did, I, what did I learn the most is, look, what, what, whatever your... Whatever your dreams are, however you think life will pan out, it, it won't happen the way that you think. Things will happen that you didn't plan for. Um, and, and like I said earlier, that's, that's the adversity that I faced. But it's being able to, to work hard to that dream that you achieve or that you, that you set your goals to achieve. Um, and then being able to work through those tough times because, uh, you know, it's, it's in those moments that you decide to give up where success just lies on the other side of that um and i think it's that that is applicable in everyday life doesn't matter who you are where you come from what you are doing currently that will happen with you at some stage and it's it's being able to get through that transition from rugby to being a husband into being a father how has that been you can actually be a father and a husband while <laughs> playing rugby <laughs> You don't have to transition into that. Um, I know and, you know what I mean. Jean de Valais. But bring back Connecticut, please. <laughs> but the um, the transition is a difficult one. Um, uh, from from being a rugby player to then the next life. You know, the the, the one thing that you have f when you are a professional sportsman, um, maybe not all sports, but certainly in rugby, is that you need to make a success of two careers. You know, you, you some might deem you to be successful in your mm -hmm. rugby career, but then um, then you retire at the age of 30 or 35, and then you have to try and be successful in the next uh, job after that and, and in life after rugby as well. So it's a difficult transition for a lot of people. And um, I suppose I've been lucky with that, that I've, that I've got some opportunities that I'm, that I'm involved with at the moment, but it hasn't been easy. Um, but then looking at some of the guys that played with me and, and where they are sitting currently, you know, it's probably easier than most. So very fortunate for the relationships that I've built up during my playing days, and, and now I'm, I'm sort of reaping the rewards of that. So, um, you know, being a dad and, and, and being a husband is a, is a full-time job as well, and I've got three kiddies, so my, my wife's doing a fantastic job with that. Um, having the balance of, of being at home, being, being there for my kids and my, and my wife, and, and also building on this, this new part of my life, um, is you know it's difficult at times but it's it is something that i'm enjoying the work that i'm doing for Supersport. um i've got full-time employment with a company called citadel as well which is a wealth management company so between all of that um i found my my new sort of uh my new purpose i suppose and um and my next chapter in my life so Supersport brought you on board uh at Tell me about that transition from uh, <laughs> from playing rugby to being on Supersport. Supersport, that's a it's such a nice link to stay involved with the game. Um, rugby's always been my passion, 
and and now suddenly I've got a platform to still talk about rugby, still learn about rugby, uh, and and give my opinion. Now my opinion, um, you know, might not always coincide with what the players are feeling, um, and and my opinion might be might be different to to guys that I played with, guys that I call my friends that are still playing, and and that is a difficult situation to be in. So I think from that point of view, I've I've really had to learn how to deal with that, where um, you give your opinion, you might be critical of a team or, or a player at times, but but being positive in that, not taking on anyone personally and just giving your view and how there might be a solution to, to, um, to maybe an issue that a player or team is sitting with. So it's a fantastic platform to, to still be involved in the game, um, but that separation between being a player and now being a, a, a consultant or analyst or a, uh, a commentator, uh, you know, it's, it's taken time for me to, to find the right way in, in dealing with that. Uh, and then business. I'm sure you made many relationships playing rugby and then you've moved into business. How many doors has been an ex Springbok captain? You know, how often has that opened doors for you? Yeah, look again. It's um, you know, it's I was difficult. <laughs> no, you you're fortunate in that, and I think it's being able to realize that while you are still playing, in that when you are playing for the Springboks, or you know, then when you are captain, people want to associate with you. People see value in that association, but that is something that that goes away quite quickly. So when you retire, your brand only stays relevant for a very short while. So it's being able to leverage off it while you are playing, and then hopefully getting the benefits of that when you do build a good relationship. You know, getting the benefits of that post retirement in rugby. So I probably wasn't. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but but I do have. Um, I do enjoy interacting with people. I do enjoy building relationships, and um, and I suppose now I'm I'm getting the benefit of that. So um, I had the decision to make back in in 2011. You know whether I go to Japan and play rugby there and uh, and probably earn a little bit more than what I was earning in South Africa, or whether I stay in South Africa and then I became captain. You know, so the decision for me came quite quickly, and I didn't get the financial benefits then. But I'm probably reaping the rewards and the financial rewards of that now. Whereas, if I wasn't ever the captain of South Africa, would I have had the opportunities that I have now? Probably not. You know, so um, so I'm happy that I that I that I had the long term view in the decisions that I made back then. And I suppose that's the the uh, advice that I would give any any youngster as well. You know, look at the long term, not just the short term and the short term gains. Uh, I just want to commend you on. I've spoken to Sia a lot, and he always says that you give him great advice, and you are, you know, really doing some great work with him. And I really that means a lot to me. I will never repeat that again <laughs> to you. Um, another thing I want to know is, you played rugby, became a father, became a husband, business. What do you do for fun? <laughs> Look, I, I suppose fun <laughs> fun for me would be a lot of the time just being at home mm. because uh, you know because I do travel a lot and 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 and. Uh, I thought, and probably my wife thought, I would be at home a little bit more when I retired, but I'm actually away from home more now. So again, it's getting that balance right. But f- for me, really, to be at home, to to be able to wake up in the morning in my own bed, to be able to dress my kids and pack their lunch boxes and take them to school, that's that's pretty special. And to be able to put them in bed at night, so um, you know, that is pretty special for me. Uh, I enjoy playing around a round of golf, even though I'm not not very good at it. I, I 
really do enjoy it and and every now and then I, I do do that for fun but just going you know going away with the family or going just going to the beach or going watch a movie or just having a bride home with friends that's pretty cool for me and um and I have fun doing that I bumped into you at um watching Andrew Bocelli mm. You watch, did, you, did your friends know you listened to opera? Because I was there with you, and you looked at me like, ah, oh, oh, well, I didn't expect to see you here. <laughs> Look, well, I don't. Th- again, I don't think my friends would know that, but but I I enjoy. I suppose it's your mood, eh? Whatever mm. mood you're in, I, I enjoy any kind of music, depending on what I feel like on the day. Um, and that show, the Andrea Bocelli show, was oh, just amazing. Magical. You know the the connection. Um, that 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 I just felt listening to listening to that man was was incredible. So it was actually a gift from my from my parents to to my wife and I, a birthday birthday gift for me. So um, yeah, again, my parents have given me a lot over the years. So, but that was that was one of the special actual <laughs> actual presents that they gave me as well, mm-hmm. along with everything else that they've given me. So you come from a very sporty family. Your parents both had provincial colours. So sports runs in the family. How, like, what, did the, what sport did their parents play? Yeah, so my dad played uh, rugby for Western Province as well. Um, my mom played played provincial netball for for Boerland and also coached uh, and and she was a teacher as well. So coached um, uh, netball and swimming. She was a good swimmer as well. And I was actually also a swimmer from the age of provincial swimmer from the age of seven to sixteen. Um, so very fortunate again, you know, the, the opportunities that I got growing up, the access that I had to anything and everything that I ever wanted, that had a massive role to play to in, in where I ended up being, uh, um, you know, playing for South Africa. And the reality is in South Africa, a, a lot of the kids never get those opportunities. So there's a, there's a massive responsibility in, in South Africa that we are able to provide those opportunities to everyone mm. um, because if we do that you know then I think we'll see teams uh, sports people in South Africa being totally transformed being diverse in every every way that uh, thinkable um, and but we've got a long way to go in, in achieving that I think it's quite important that you're able to recognize your privilege and your the, the incredible moments that you had as a kid and accessibility why don't you try to get into rugby more in, in the higher level of, of trying to you know play a, a role in trying to implement this like the work you're doing in, uh, in laureus and all that kind of stuff yeah uh, again sir it's you know the 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 um um Super sport work that I'm doing currently it gives me a platform to to again give my views, but then I'm involved with the Laurier Sports for Good Foundation, as you just mentioned, where where so much work goes into using sport as a tool to mm. get uh, to, 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 as a tool um, to use in everyday life, as a skill in everyday life, and and I think that is so important. Only a fractional amount of of kids will eventually become professional sports people, but but what are you giving to those that don't become professional sports people? And I think all of us can take something out of sport, learn through sport and using those skills in everyday life. That along with, uh, I'm also chairman of the Chris Berger, Petra Jackson Players Fund. Incredible um, work. Yeah, and again, there, the work that we do um, 
and the service that gets provided there for rugby players is, is fantastic and the community that you build there. So sport is the power to unite people and, and I see that on an everyday basis. So through all of that, you know, plus the family life, plus the, the, the work stuff, it's it's pretty busy at the moment and I suppose in time I will get involved more with rugby but for now it's, it's almost trying to show that you can make a success of something outside of rugby mm. uh, and that is important to me as well. I, I don't just want to be Jean de Villiers, the former rugby player. You know, I want to be able to define myself in being successful in something else outside of rugby as well. So I think it's quite diverse in what I'm, what I'm involved with at the moment. Uh, but hopefully in time, I, I can get involved more from a, uh, from a rugby um, coaching or, or team point of view again. Every time I speak to people about sport or people who play professional sport, they say how rugby or whatever sport is has changed their lives. What direction do you think you would have gone in if you didn't play rugby? What would have changed in your life? Yeah, probably modeling or, or something like that. Yeah, I, would, I was thinking more, yeah, I was thinking more hand model. Yeah. Like like you, you're a, a model. You're a before model, right? No. You know that guy? Bef- before that guy, model. You get the before and the after. You're the before model. <laughs> I knew you were going to No, do but it. still, you're a model. No, so I'm, I'm not. I'm, for that. I'm an after. Uh, okay. I'm the after. Okay. I guess it's fine. Um, <laughs> look, what would I have become? I don't know. I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> Since since the day I can remember, rugby's always been a part of part of my life, and I've always wanted to become a professional rugby player, uh, even before rugby turned professional. So being a little bit naive initially, um, but it worked out for me. So I didn't really have a plan B, um, and again I, I was I was fortunate that 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 probably if rugby didn't work out through through the family business or, or other ventures, I, I would have had an opportunity, but. Um, I try not to think about it, but when I advise youngsters coming through, I tell them you need to have a plan B, because mm. I was lucky. You know, some aren't that lucky. They don't make it, and what then? Because I think we, the system is is probably letting a lot of guys down where um, we're not looking after them well enough. So, South African rugby is 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 doing is doing their best to help where they can, but it's um, you know, it's it, it's difficult being able to to look after everyone, and I think the players need to take responsibility to at least have something to fall back on, if rugby doesn't work out. So you've gone through a lot of changes, a lot of setbacks, and you've done very well to step up and and move through all those setbacks. Is there anyone in your life that when you feel you're rock bottom, do you go and talk to, to be able to like ask for advice or antidotes? That's an amazing thing of family. And I thought you said that's an amazing question. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> the amazing thing of family. Uh, is that? Can you guys realize that there's a relation, there's a friendship here. There's a there's a friendship here. No, no, no. Friendship goes both ways. You <laughs> you like me. I don't like you that. <laughs> but moving back to the question. <laughs> no, no, I do like you, sir. I do like. We're gonna have a fantastic time in Japan together. Okay. Um, don't please don't cry. Don't. Are you crying? You are crying. Eh? <laughs> I knew you should have brought this guy. <laughs> um, you know, I can remember going through through obviously tough times uh, during my rugby career, and you know when you're out of form, where people are criticising you, and probably rightly so. Uh, you know, when we lost to Japan, those kind of moments. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> those kind of moments where you know you you feel you've disappointed everyone. Um, 
And the nice thing always is to, you know, I speak to my wife and, and I'm still the same person to her. Her needs are, are still the same. Uh, she still treats me exactly the same and, uh, and, and she, she helps me through it. And, and before that, my parents and my brother, the same thing. Um, but, but also having kids, you know, for them, it's just they still get confused when they see me sitting next to them and then I'm on TV as well. They don't understand it and they, you know, so, so it, 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 it makes you just feel normal because you are normal uh, and that, you know, sport is something that's extremely important to us um, but we do sometimes get to a stage where it is just too much and too important and, and that you, you need to have perspective uh, and the kids provide that. My wife certainly provides that. Uh, they, they also keep me grounded and, um, and, and help me through, through all those tough times that I had. So, uh, again, that support structure is so important. And once again, in South Africa, in our environment, there's so many uh, people that need to go through all the struggles without any support. Mm. You, I always ask you this, and I'm going to ask you again because they've never heard it. Um, the best player you've ever played with? Best player you've ever played against? Funniest person you've ever played with? Um, I obviously never played against myself, but I was certainly the best player I ever played with. You know, it, that was a setup. That was a setup. Did you see how he answered? That was a setup. Yeah, and I'm the funniest. <laughs> see? No. I, I knew um, both of those answers yeah. I asked, so he can answer that. Yeah, setup. No. Now look, the the fact that I was the, that I was able to play for South Africa for so long. Well, firstly, I, you know, I don't know how that happened, but secondly, the, the people that I played with, you know, to single out one, impossible. If you if you just go through that 2007 team, of which I wasn't part of the final, um, and you take the 15 guys that started, you know, all of them. Incredible in their own right, you know, from Austin to John Smith to, you know, CJ van der Linde, Habana. Two Locks, Habana, Scott Stain. Berger, Franz Stein, Butch James, Farida Priya, mm. JP Peterson, Percy Montgomery. I mean, it's, mm. it's an incredible team. So to single out one would be extremely unfair. Um, so, you know, all the guys I ever played with, all of them. Funniest player you've played with. Funniest player, Jacques Ferry. Butch James, Willem Alberts, those Willem three. Alberts. Yeah, I'll, I'll take all three of them. Uh, they make tours so much fun. Mm. Uh, and and th those characters, you, you need them in a team to, mm. to be able to create the culture as well. Mm. You know, have fun, be serious, train, mm. train hard, work hard, mm. play hard, but, um, but to have fun off the field as well mm. and sometimes on the field. Mm. <laughs> uh, best player I played against... Um, Again, so many over the years that, that you know, if you go, Tana Umaga, he was Ooh. the best at one stage as a center. Brian O'Driscoll, the best at one stage. Um, Manu Tuyalagi, whom I played with and against. Can you say uh, that name fast? Manu Tuyalagi. Okay, that, cool. yeah, okay. that one. Yeah, that yeah. one. It's not like Luka V.E. that I played with as well. You know, <laughs> difficult names like, like that. You know, so, um, the. Um, this guy. <laughs> Well, what is the question? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so Sonny Bill Williams, Matt Gittow, Sterling Motluck, guys mm. I played against you know, in the midfield, the best in the world at a certain stage during my career. Um, 
so again, very difficult to, to single out, but uh, the one that I will single out for the fact that he was a brilliant player, still is, and, and we built, a, I suppose, a bit of a, a respect off the field as well, is Ma Nonu. Um, played over 100 test matches for, for New Zealand, and I've got a bit of story, uh, story to add. To Tell them, I love the story. Um, where I played my 100th test match against New Zealand in Wellington, New Zealand. Ma was the opposing number. Um, he broke his arm just before halftime, went off to the hospital. But when I got back to the, uh, to the change room, uh, I got to, to my locker and his jersey was hanging in my locker, um, purely because of, because of the respect. And he took the time just to put his jersey there before going off to hospital, you know, and, and checking out his arm. So that, that speaks tremendously about the character of the individual. Uh, and even though he is, was and is a, a brilliant rugby player, he's a good person as well. And he thinks a little bit more than, than just the game and, and brings out that sportsmanship. Sio Khaleesi, um, you are very good friends with him. You, you're doing a lot of stuff with him at the moment. You he's, say, he's the current captain, eh? Yeah, yeah, that guy, yeah, yeah. That guy, that's yeah. Right. yeah. The guy you work with. <laughs> and you have spoken lots about how important it is that he became captain. Could you speak about him being ca- being captain at the moment? Yeah, we probably don't have enough time to to do the whole story justice. Mm. But um, you know, I, I feel extremely privileged to have been to have played a minute part in in what Sia has achieved. And I remember um, I remember being being captain of the Stormers and and and, and Western Province when when Sia and Skara actually Skara and Tubeni oh, came. Came into the, the that environment and and looking at the history of 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 rugby in this country and and what it has done for this country, but also being a a mainly white sport, you know, in in the apartheid uh, obviously days. And now these guys come in and and I just seem to have connected with them from day one and 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 almost saw them as as you know as as as, as a father figure to them. Um, and to have seen how both of them have grown in their roles and how Sia has gone on to, to captain South Africa and, and he's a shining light, an example of someone who is not meant to be the captain of South Africa. Mm. His life story is one where he probably should have ended up somewhere in a gang or somewhere in a gutter, you know, doing the wrong stuff. But because of the choices he made, because of the people he decided to to mix with um he has become become an example for all south africans and it's a beautiful south african story so to add to that is that that's not why he's captain of south africa and he's not south africa's first black captain yes he is but that's not why he's captain he's captain because he's the best and he's captain because he's the best player in that position currently And, and people sometimes forget that so just to merge those two and to say that that is our leader leading our team to the World Cup, yeah, we we can be so proud, and I think we we all should be. So you know, hopefully he can stay grounded, he can keep his feet on the ground, he can realize that that he's only being put in that position because of rugby, mm-hmm. you know, and and what rugby has provided to him because he's got the ability to give so much back to to all of us involved in rugby as well. No, oh, so much love for him, uh, and then so. Rugby, so Africa has changed immensely from 
when you started. Rugby has changed immensely. How do you feel about the changes that have happened in rugby and in our, in our country? Yeah, it, it's beautiful. Um, you know, we, we, talk about, we talk about the sport so much and we, and we quote Nelson Mandela so many times in saying sports got the power to change the world. But the, the part that we miss sometimes is that he said it, it's got the ability to speak to the youth in a language that they understand. And it's not just the youth, it's all of us. Sport speaks to us in a different way. And we've got so much to learn through sport. So I think from a rugby point of view, we, we, we're at the cusp where it's, it's changing. I think it's, a, it's actually the first World Cup where we'll probably go to the World Cup where, where you feel that it's got the whole of Southern. It's a, it's a change in the, in the vibe at rugby games, you know, with the, the Guijo squad now suddenly singing and, 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 and different. It's not just ole, 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 ole. It's actually now one or two other songs that we can sing as well, and hopefully <laughs> everyone can get used to that as well. So it is changing. Um, what we need to understand, it's not something that's just going to change overnight, and it's a process. And I think we, we're getting closer to that process, to that tipping point where we can say, okay, now here we go. Now it's smooth sailing. Uh, we're all in it together. Mm. You spoke about the World Cup. How excited are you about the World Cup? You're going to Japan. What do you think is going to happen in the World Cup? What do you think who's going to win? How the rugby is going to be? What's going to be the defining, deciding factor throughout this World Cup? Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, and I think Rassi Rasmus has done a fantastic job along with his coaching team uh, with the squad in, in transforming the team into a very competitive one and one that will go to this World Cup really backing their chances. Um, and rightly so, I think we've got a fantastic chance. It, it's not a one-horse race like maybe the previous two World Cups where, where New Zealand were out-and-out favourites. They'll probably still go in as favourites for this World Cup. But South Africa, England, Wales, Ireland, those are teams, Australia to a lesser degree, but those are teams that, that will be good enough to win it, to beat any other team in World Rugby on any given day. Um, so it makes South Africa extremely dangerous, and I think we can, we can just you know, back these boys and... Um, and make them believe that they can bring the cup home cause it, because it's very much possible. And the style of rugby, what do you think about our style of rugby at the moment? I think we've, we've gone back to the traditional strengths of South African rugby. We've got a massive pack. It doesn't matter who you select out of the 17 forwards that, that's, been, that's been selected for the squad. You put eight guys on the field and you're going to have a massive pack that will be you know, that the opposition will be um, not scared of, but they'll take notice. Uh, that makes us dangerous. Set phases, strong, um, good kicking game with our nines and tens. We can still improve there, but I think a good kicking game, solid fly-off in Andre Pollard oh, with outside backs that are extremely dangerous now and that will use the opportunity. So I think it's back to our traditional strengths. We won't just see an expansive game from this team. They will stick to their strengths with the ability of scoring tries out wide when they do get the opportunity, and I think that's a that's a good um, a good way to approach this this uh, this World Cup. So we're never going to play like New Zealand um, because we're not New Zealand. We don't have the same players, but what we do have, I think we're well positioned to to execute a structure that suits the guys we have. What wins World Cups? If you score more points than your position. <laughs> True story. <laughs> it's 
Strong defense. <laughs> Good kicking game. Someone's going to bleep me out. <laughs> it, it is. Strong defense. Good kicking game. We've been in two finals, South Africa. Uh, we've won two finals. We haven't scored a try yet. This team's got the ability to score tries in finals as well, but I think they know what they want to go execute, and, and our style will be a little bit different to other teams. Uh, I think there will, be, there will be a little bit more of an expansive approach from, from uh, uh, the average team. Um, but again, World Cup, strong defensive system, good kicking, ba- kicking game, and being able to convert those opportunities that you create into into try scoring, uh, well, actually scoring those tries. Um, yep. Okay, the bounce of a rugby and a drop kick. Okay, yeah, ninety-five, Stransky, and ninety-nine yeah. semi-final, yeah. Larkham. I remember. And Yanni De Beer. No, Stransky kicked. Larkham kicked us out. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. I watch rugby. And lastly. What does change mean to you? And what is the biggest lesson you can teach your kids about change? Change is constant. Change is needed as well for, for everyone, you know, for, for people to develop, for uh, um, nations to change and develop and grow. So I think... I think those will be the messages to my kids. You will change. Things will change around you. It's being able to be constant in what you believe. Um, and then, you know, the little changes that happens around that will hopefully make you a better person and change in a way that you become a better person, not someone worse off. Um, so yeah, I think that answers your question. My second last question <laughs> is, um, what does leadership mean to you? What is leadership for you? What I've learned through leadership, through being a leader of, of a team, is that your leader is only as strong as your team. Uh, and that no successful leader will ever say that he or she did it by him or herself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the backing that you get from those that needs to follow. And sometimes being a follower um, makes you a leader as well, you know. And, and we all need to lead in, in whatever way that, that we can because then eventually the person right at the top, being the leader right at the top, will be a stronger individual as well. Um, so it, it, it's leading in whatever way you can and knowing when following is actually leading as well. Um, but, but, yeah, as you say, we, we've got a... We've got a responsibility as South Africans to, to try and create change. Change for the better. Uh, and, and if each person can be a leader by doing that, you know, then, then I think we can do it. You know? No one is ever led by just doing nothing. So we need to, we need to stand up, be counted, and, and try and create the change that's, that's needed in this country. Listen, Jean, it was great chatting with you. Always a pleasure seeing you. I'll see you in Japan. I am looking forward to it. Mm. And thank you very much for your very insightful questions. And um, you, are, you are such a good person. <laughs> just so happy to be in your presence. <laughs> he really means that, guys. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I do. Okay, I do. And that was Halftime Chat with me, Sir Nyesi, in the change room made just for you by Bright Rock the first ever needs match life insurance that changes as your life changes. For more episodes, subscribe to In The Change Room on Iona FM, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen.